Lenten people of God, fixing your eyes on Jesus. When you ask a question, the answer matters. Of course, it does. When you ask a question, you want to trust the one who gives an answer. Of course you do. When you ask a question, you want to have confidence in the words of the answerer. Some of you have been here for the two previous Lenten midweek services. You know that certain questions and answers are part of this time of reflection. That's the small sheet in your worship guide with the Christian questions with answers from Luther's small catechism. If you haven't been present until today, now you know. Uh, You set them aside for a while. We'll use them later in this homily. How do the three scripture readings this evening tell us the answer? We'll start with Jesus' own words from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7. Here's the first question. Why do the Pharisees and all the Jews wash their hands from fingertips to elbows when they come home from the marketplace? And the answer is, they are so hyper-focused on ritual cleanliness, they may have brushed against a Gentile or touched unwashed, unkosher food in the marketplace, but they ignore the filthier place. Because the second question is, what really defiles a person, every person? The answer is the heart. It's within us, not outside of us. This makes us unclean. I'll admit that the second scripture is a bit more challenging. It's more challenging to see how it connects with the other two readings and with today's answer. The backstory is this. The Israelites have been clamoring for a king. They've been telling God, we want to be like the other nations. Do they really? Do they know what they are asking? 1 Samuel 9 is part of God's answer. The Lord sends Samuel to the house of a man named Kish, who has a tall and handsome son named Saul. God says, go and anoint Saul to be prince over my people Israel. He shall save my people. But will he really? Though Saul will have some successes as a king, that's, he will end up with a different word, a different fate because he is a mere temporary ruler. He will become jealous and vengeful and unfaithful until God sends Saul, 1 Samuel 28, to deliver a different word. The Lord has turned from you and become your enemy and has torn the kingdom out of your hand. Now tonight's third scripture reading from Acts 4. It's after Pentecost in Jerusalem. The apostles are boldly proclaiming the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. So boldly that Peter and John are arrested and put in jail and told there by the Jewish religious authorities, you must not preach or teach about the name of Jesus. After more threats, the apostles are set free. The reading is when they gather with the other believers and pray together, Sovereign Lord, maker of all, greater than all, grant to your servants 
the courage to continue speaking of your saving word with all boldness. Now, some review. Where does impurity come from? Not from outside, but from inside, from the heart. Who is the true king? Put not your trust in princes, but in the king of kings. And what do Christians do when they are told to be quiet? They pray, and the house may or may not be shaken, and then they keep on proclaiming salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. The answer is the word. In Mark 7, the word reveals that you and I are defiled by sin. The word accuses, the word condemns, the word kills. In 1 Samuel 9, the word assures that the cry of God's people has come to him and God will save because what the word promises will be done. In Acts 4, the word declares that Gentiles rage and kings flaunt themselves and rulers gather to plot. But the Lord's hand is stronger. He stretches it out to heal the double disease of sin and death. And he shows the greatest sign and the greatest wonder in the cross and the open tomb of Christ's resurrection. That's because the word points to Jesus, who is the key and who is at its core. Now, after we've tried to discover the connections in tonight's three scriptures, we'll use these Christian questions and answers. We've spoken the first 11 of them on the past two Wednesdays. Wednesdays Tonight, we'll only use questions 12, 13, and 14. They are particularly about what our Lord Jesus says about his Holy Supper. I'll read the questions. Please read the answers together. What are the words of institution? Do you believe, then, that the true body and blood of Christ are in the sacrament? Yes, I believe. What convinces you to believe this? Sunday after Sunday, we look at the physical items. We see simple, unleavened bread. We see ordinary grape wine on the altar. But there is more. What convinces us? Our eyes? No. Our minds? No. The words of Christ convince us because his word is stronger than our feeble attempts to make sense of what happens about what is given to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who long for certain forgiveness. Charles Porterfield Crouth, a Lutheran pastor and theologian in the mid-1980s, said it this way, 
We believe that the bread is there on the evidence of the senses. We believe that the body of Christ is there on the evidence of the word. And also, we believe that the wine is there on the evidence of the senses. We believe that the blood of Christ is there on the evidence of the word. Because the answer is the word. God's word works. It does what it says. It performs what it speaks. God's word declares us to be sinners, and God's word declares us righteous because of Jesus' holy death in our place. And just as the first apostles were sent out to proclaim the gospel, the church today, the church made visible here, continues to speak the saving, redeeming, rescuing word of God with boldness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.